Hey, Purpose Peeps. Welcome back to the Black Girls with Purpose podcast. I am your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, and I'm glad to have you back here again, my friend. Every week that you guys come and you listen, I don't take it for granted. If you've been enjoying this series, let me know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at BeLightfootSmith or on our Black Girls with Purpose page at Black Girls with Purpose, or you can share it with a friend and just be like, hey, girl, this is really blessing me. Hope it blesses you, too. I would love for you guys to just continue to share it with phenomenal women around you. So this is the final uh, episode of the Episodes and Rewind series specifically for Esther. We're going to continue to go through the archives and pull out some really good episodes in preparation for uh, season seven, which we'll be releasing in March. And until then, I'll talk to you later, my friend. Today's episode is sponsored by the Glow Candle Bar, a female-owned and operated, all-natural, handmade, and hand-poured soy candle company. For the month of May, Black Girls of Purpose podcast listeners can receive 30% off your candle purchases by visiting glowcandlebar.net and using coupon code BGWP. Purpose peeps, welcome back to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, and today we're wrapping up our final episode of the Esther series entitled Protected Through Providence. Now, a little bit of background on what providence means. I actually learned this from the Tony Evans Esther series, but he said that providence is how God allows certain things to happen in order for his perfect will to be accomplished. So if we think about him being sovereign and him working everything out to his good and for his glory, then we think about providence being the events and series of events he allows to happen in order for his will to come to pass. I'm so excited for today's episode as I always am. One, because teaching God's word is such a an honor to me, but two, because I, I was reviewing the lesson this morning and it really encouraged me. I shared on the Instagram live Bible study last week that I feel like many of us are about to enter into a new season. We're going to be able to handle more than we've been able to handle previously. And some parts of that can be scary because we think, okay, God, this is new territory. But as I read the lesson this morning, I was just reminded, Lord, wherever I go, you go with me. And that's the whole thought behind the protected through providence piece is that you don't have to be afraid of this new territory that you're about to enter into because God is with you. He is for you. He already knew this was going to happen. And where you may be thinking, God, I'm not sure if I'm ready. He is telling you through the course of actions. Oh, yes, you are, sis. So I'm pumped about today's lesson. I hope you're pumped too. And without further ado, let's get into it. A brief recap for anyone who's just now joining in on the series. Uh, Esther is a woman in the Bible. She 
the book of Esther is actually named for her. And in her story, we read that there was a queen. Her name was Queen Vashti. Uh, she was married to King Ahasuerus. Uh, King Ahasuerus has this huge six month long party. And at the end of the party, he does this week long feast. And at the end of the feast, he says, hey, I want y'all to meet the queen. Basically, he has her or he requests her presence at this feast and says, hey, bring your crown, we'll walk around whatever the case may be, use your imagination in this situation. And she tells him promptly that she will not be coming. And the king comes back to his guys and he says, oh man, she's not going to come. What should we do? And they say, hey, this is not going to set a good precedence. So you're going to have to basically make sure that she's not queen anymore because we can't have her disrespecting you because if she's disrespecting you then our wives are going to disrespect us so king ahasuerus kicks queen vashti out of the kingdom she's no longer queen and then after some time passes he says okay i want a new queen and his advisors his homies his guys tell him oh you should host a beauty competition basically to see who should be queen next and that's where Esther comes in we find out that she is a young woman that she's very beautiful and her she was raised by her cousin her cousin's name is Mordecai and so Mordecai has her go through this process she uh he tells her not to tell the king who she is because she comes from Jewish lineage and ultimately she is chosen to be queen but we learn that she wasn't chosen to be queen just for any reason even though it may seem like it in the beginning she's chosen to be queen because God has a bigger plan for her life and through that plan she's she's going to be able to deliver so many people from evil uh, which is plotted through this the the life of a guy named Haman. Now Haman is King Ahasuerus's right-hand man and the background for his story is that he started feeling himself at some point in the story. He comes out and is interacting with people and they're bowing down to him and Mordecai Esther's cousin is chooses not to bow down to him because he he's a Jew and he says hey my my loyalty is to God so I'm not bowing down to man and this makes Haman feel some type of way so Haman says okay I'm gonna kill you but I'm not just gonna kill you I'm gonna kill all of the Jews he throws some dice to determine when it is that he is going to kill the Jews. It says in the 12th month, so a year from that particular date. And then Mordecai starts mourning. He goes in front of the king's gate. He has a sackcloth on and he has on ashes, which again is a form of mourning. And he draws attention to himself. And so people see him at the city gates. They go back and report to Esther and say, hey, your cousin has on a sackcloth and ashes. Esther asks her people to ask Mordecai what's going on. Mordecai says, hey, they're planning on killing the Jews. You have to go to the king and tell him to save us, basically. And Esther initially says, oh, well, no, I can't go before the king because he hasn't asked for me. Now, traditionally in this time, if the king didn't ask for you, even though they were married, if the king didn't ask for you or your presence, if you went before him without being requested, then it could mean death for you. And so that's what she tells Mordecai. Hey, I can't go before him. He hasn't asked for me in 30 days. And Mordecai checks her really quickly and says, hey, you may be in a position for such a time as this. A lot of times we hear that scripture and that's the background of that scripture is that Mordecai is talking to his cousin. He says, 
perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And so through those two things or, or that that series of events that I have discussed just now, we learned that when it comes to being in Christ, we are positioned for a purpose, but we're also elevated on assignment. Last week, we talked in depth about how a lot of times we experience a level up or a glow up and we think it's all about us, but there are people that God needs us to help as we move up the corporate ladder, as we start new businesses as he enlarges our territory. And if we understand that from jump, then it really changes the way that we view our positioning. So this week, we're going to wrap up our Esther series and we're going to look at how all the events that we've talked about over the past few weeks come to a head, how Esther is going, she just finished this fast and and decides to go in front of the king. And she says, if I perish, I perish. And so we're going to see the series of events that follow through this. I'm excited because there are a lot of real life applications. And for the point of illustration, I think you're going to do best to think of yourself as Esther and to think of God as the king. So as I go through these different points, remember to think of yourself as Esther and to think of God as the king. Now, with all of that background out of the way, let's get into the episode for this week. Now, the scripture references for today are going to come out of Esther chapter five and go all the way through Esther chapter eight. If we pick up at Esther chapter five, verse four, um, it teaches us the first thing that comes when we're going to be protected through providence and when it comes to walking into our purpose. And that first thing is that we have to prepare our petition. So if you go back to read Esther chapter five, um, it says the title of the, that part of scripture says Esther approaches the king. So it says on the third day, Esther dressed up in her royal clothing and stood in the inner courtyard of the palace facing it. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the courtroom, facing its entrance. As soon as the king saw Queen Esther standing in the courtyard, she won his approval. The king extended the golden scepter in his hand toward Esther, and she approached and touched the tip of the scepter. What is it, Queen Esther? The king asked her. Whatever you want, even to half the kingdom will be given to you. If it pleases the king, Esther replied, may the king and Haman come today to the banquet I have prepared for them. Now, in this particular part of the scripture, Esther is preparing her petition. She is going to ask the king to rescue the Jews, but before she does that, she invites the king and Haman to a banquet. Now, I say that this particular part of her journey is important because I think that going back to comparing God to the king and ourselves as as Esther, many of us are in a season where we're about to walk into our purpose, we're about to walk into our calling, we're about to walk into our destiny, but we don't even know what it is that we seek. And there's something that you're praying for, you're saying, God, give me more money or more resources. But the truth of the matter is, if you were given it today, you wouldn't know what to do with it. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you because I know scripture is intentional when it says in Habakkuk 2 and 2, write the vision and make it plain so he may run who reads it. And I I shared this, I think, on the first week that there are people that God has positioned to help you with your purpose and to help you with your journey. But 
if you don't even know where it is you're trying to go, then it's going to be a lot hard to reach your destination in the timing that he predestined for you. So it's important that before you come before him and you're positioned in order to do what he's called you to do, that you have taken a step back and say, God, what is it that I even want from you? And, 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 and how do I want to use these particular things? I have been talking extensively over the past few weeks about our sponsorships and how God laid it on my heart to have people sponsor Black Girls of Purpose. But before I even was able to feel comfortable asking people to sponsor Black Girls of Purpose, God had me write a clear vision of what it is that we want to achieve. And he had me write out a budget for everything. Because even if we went through traditional investments for funding, people would say, okay, what are your income streams? What are your revenue streams? How are you planning on scaling this thing? And a lot of people want the elevation, but they don't want the responsibility that comes along with it. But I believe that when you prepare your petition, you're showing God, hey, God, you can trust me with this. So the second thing that we see in this story with Esther, after you have to know what your petition is, is you have to make your presence known. And this can be an intimidating part of walking in your purpose. If we look at Esther chapter 8, verse 3, and a little bit of background of what happens between Esther 5 and Esther 8 is that Esther goes before the king. I said she she prepares this banquet. The king says, hey, Esther, tell me what it is that you want from me. Why are we having this banquet? And she's about to tell the king, I need you to rescue me and my people from Haman. But she doesn't. She actually stops and invites him to another banquet the following day. And the reason why this is a big deal is because the night that the night after the first banquet, the king can't sleep and he has his servants come in and read to him it's called the chronicles and it just re they had they read different parts of things that had happened since he'd been king and so there's a part in the chronicles that talks about how mordecai esther's cousin helped save the king from dying when there were two men who were plotting against him and so the king says hey what did we do for this man who saved my life and his servants tell him nothing. And at that moment, Haman walks in. So the king asks Haman, what should the king do for someone that he wants to honor? And Haman, because he has a big head, which is how we got into this whole situation to begin with, thinks that the king is talking about him. And he's like, oh, you need to give him your robe and uh, put him on your horse and let him go around the kingdom and, and, and people will declare, oh, this is the the king, the man that the king wants to honor and all of this. And it's ironic because he goes forward and the king says, OK, go and do this for Mordecai. And Haman is he's he's humbled real quick. So he ends up going to show Mordecai around and, and brag to everybody that he's the one that the king wants to honor. But the irony is, even in the chapter right before that, 
Haman runs into Mordecai again and is reminded like, dang, Mordecai still won't bow down to me. But when I looked at this, I just thought about how scripture says that when a man's way pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so it's not, you don't ever see in this passage of scripture that Mordecai defended himself against Haman. God came to his defense. And I think that that's such a blessing. But getting back to the second point about making your presence known. So that's the background context. Uh, the the, that Haman wants to kill Mordecai still and instead of waiting the whole 12 months he's just like I want to kill him today and his wife tells him to build some gallows for him to impale him on and gallows were a really really cruel way for people to die back in these days but it was very common as well so that's the background context so then Mordecai gets paraded around the city right then they have another banquet for Haman and the king and during that banquet Esther says okay this is why I wanted to meet she says and this is out of Esther 7 verses uh, 4 through 6 and it says for my people and I have been sold out to destruction death and extermination or sorry let me read uh, verse 3 through 6 it says Queen Queen Esther answered if I have obtained your approval my king and if the king is pleased, spare my life. That is my request and spare my people. This is my desire for my people. And I have been sold out to destruction, death and extermination. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept silent. Indeed, the trouble wouldn't be worth burdening the king. King Ahasuerus spoke up and asked Queen Esther, who is this and where is the one who would devise such a scheme? And Esther answered, the adversary and enemy is this evil Haman. So, the king finds this out. He's really upset about it. It says that he goes out into the garden. And while he goes out to the garden, Haman is like kneeling at Esther's feet and asking for mercy. And the king comes in and Esther is reclining when Haman is kneeling at her feet. So then the king is like, are you going to try to sexually assault my wife right in front of me? And he kills Haman immediately. Someone tells him that Haman had some gallows built by his house and the king says, go and hang him on them. And then that's it. That's the end of Haman's story. And this leads to the last point, which is that when you are walking in your purpose, you have to trust that your protection is going to come from the king it was a very bold move for esther to make this request to the king and say hey can you save me and save my people especially because she had to reveal her identity but god went before her and 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 he he prepared a place for her to talk to the king and the story goes on and esther in uh chapter 8 verse 3 says then Esther addressed the king again she fell at his feet wept and begged him to revoke the evil of Haman the Agagai and his plot he had devised against the Jews so remember at this point there was a royal edict that had gone out saying that in the 12th month all the Jews were going to be killed and Esther now being emboldened by this chain of events she makes an additional request okay cool Haman's dead but this edict still is in place so can we revoke it and the king says yes and this is a big deal y'all one I, I'm just thinking about how impactful it is that Esther is a woman and she is petitioning the king on behalf of 
all of the Jews for such a time as this. She started out as this young girl at the beginning of the story, and now she's able to make really big moves on the behalf of her people and and for Christ's sake. And I think that is not to be negated. I think that you're going to be in places where you're going to be able to stand up for your faith and you may feel a tendency to shy away, but I think that's where that boldness has to come in. That's where you have to remember what Joshua 1, 9 says, to be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I'm reminded, like nothing that God has given you, man can take away. We Scripture says that, God is our rock and our salvation. It says, whom shall we fear? God is the strength of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? And I know there's another scripture that says that we shouldn't fear man who can only kill our bodies. We should fear God who can kill our souls. And that's a big deal to me. So you have to understand that there's just so much purpose behind your positioning, but it's not just for you. It's And that's what I've been trying to drill week after week after week. And I'm not just saying that for you. I'm saying it also for me because I've shared before. I feel like God is about to enlarge our territory, our territory through Black Girls of Purpose, my family's territory. And so much has led up to this that I don't want to mess it up. I want to show God I can be faithful with what he's given. And I want him to be proud of me. I want him to feel like he can entrust me with even more things. And when we look at the life of Esther, we see that that's what he did with her, that he he continued to enlarge her territory. She went from helping to end the life of one man who was against the Jews to ending the life of 75,000. We actually read that later in Esther nine verse 16 it says the rest of the jews in the royal provinces assembled defended themselves and got rid of their enemies they killed seventy-five thousands of those who hated them but they did not seize any plunder and 17 says they fought on the 13th day of the month of adar and rested on the 14th day and it became a day of feasting and rejoicing and what's so big about that y'all is that when they were able to defeat their enemies. It was actually the day that they were supposed to be defeated. And scripture says in verse 22 of Esther 9, that was the month when their sorrow was turned into rejoicing and their mourning into a holiday. And when I read that, y'all, it just brings so much encouragement to me because I feel like it encompasses the great theme of the Bible, which is God restoring his people to himself, that even through all these circumstances that Esther had to face, God moved and he provided and he protected her all along the way. And I am really looking forward to what's ahead some days I'd feel like I think to myself God why me that why am I the one that you have blessed to work in this ministry because 
it is a blessing, y'all. I know I say thank you every week. I know I say I'm excited about what God's doing in your life, and it's because I mean it genuinely. I, I, I don't take it lightly that you come on this podcast, you listen every week, you interact with us on Instagram, you watch our Instagram live Bible studies, you read the emails that I send every week. I don't take any of that for granted because I'm not anybody. I am a young lady who struggled with thoughts of suicide as a teen and a young lady who God saw fit to write a book called The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose that he would use as the foundation for this ministry and would use to create a template for the workbook that we'd write later in 2016 that turned into workshops that that turned into a conference that turned into monthly events and now we have this podcast and there are just so many things so many visions that God has given me and I want to and look forward to seeing those things come alive because it's just going to stand as confirmation that God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man, that he should change his mind, that all of his promises are yes and amen, that he is the faithful God who keeps his covenant promises to a thousand generations. And I look forward to continuing to share that journey with you. If you haven't already, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to our monthly updates. We do them every month since we started back in September. And I encourage you to do that because I believe once we are big, people are going to think, oh, well, they've always been like this. And you can go and listen to the episodes yourself and say, no, she was living in New Orleans, didn't have any clear direction or, oh, no, in January, she was talking about how she was living with her parents and wasn't sure what they were going to do next. But I can see as I look back that all of this was for a purpose, that all of this was so God could elevate us on assignment, that all of this was so he could protect us through his providence. And I could not be more thrilled if I tried, to be honest. So I look forward to continuing to share this journey with you. I'm thankful for you sharing this journey with me. I hope that you have enjoyed this Esther series. And if you missed any of the weeks, I would encourage you highly to go back and listen to the episodes from the previous weeks. I do want to pray out before we end today's episode, and then I'll give the verse of the week and the song of the week. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for continuing to mold us and make us and shape us into who you've predestined for us to be, Lord God. Lord, I thank you that your word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord, that your word says that your works are wonderful and we know this full well. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you formed our inward parts like you knew us when we were in our mother's womb. You knew every day before even one of them began. All of them were written in your plan, Lord God. And so I thank you for that, Lord God. I thank you that your word says that uh, the Lord orders the footsteps of the righteous and delights in every detail of their lives, Lord. I thank you that you delight in every detail of our lives, Lord. What kind of hairstyle we get, what kind of food we eat, where we go, what kind of people and who we meet. And I just am so grateful for you going before me personally, God, um, that 
there is nothing that is a surprise to you. And, and I just pray that I will always submit my plans to you, Lord. Your word says, commit your plans to the Lord and they, and, and they will be achieved. And so I thank you, Lord God, that I have this opportunity to submit the plans that I have for this ministry, Lord, the visions that you've given me. Um, Lord, I pray that I will not be tempted to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge you and you will show me which path to take. And I pray the same thing over everyone who's listening today. God, I pray that you will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord. We don't want anything to hinder our prayers to you. And I pray that not just against the, the sins that we've committed hourly, Lord God, but those sins of omissions too, that there are things that you want us to do that we didn't do. And, and that's just as much of a sin because it's disobedience to you, Lord God. So I just pray that we will have hearts that are willing to obey you, Lord, to do what you've said. Even when we don't understand, Lord God, I pray that we will trust the process. Oh God, I just pray uh, over the next few days and the next few weeks, I pray that you will give us ears to hear and eyes to see all the things that are unfolding in front of our very eyes, Lord God, all the enlargement of our territories, Lord God. So I just praise you and thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing right now, all that you're going to continue to do in around it through me. So all these things I ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So our verse of the week is actually one that I referenced earlier in the episode. It comes out of Psalm 27.1, and it is the Good News translation. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. The Lord protects me from all danger. I will never be afraid. And then the song of the week is by Amanda Cook, and it's called You Make Me Brave. I love this song. I listen to it often. It ministers so much to me, so I'm looking forward to hearing the way that it encourages you this week. If you would, please do me a favor. If you've been blessed at all by the Black Girls of Purpose Ministry, leave a review for us here on iTunes or Google Play, however you're listening, or email me directly at brie, B-R-I-E, at blackgirlsofpurpose.org. I love hearing everyone's story of how they came to know about Black Girls of Purpose and how they feel like their lives have been impacted by it. And I promise it's not so I can give myself on a pat on the back. It's really motivation. And honestly, it's something I want to use as we continue to grow as a ministry to be able to tell people, hey, this is why you should invest in Black Girls of Purpose because these are the lives that we're impacting. So again, if we have impacted your life in any way, I'd love to hear your story. You can email me at Brie, B-R-I-E, at blackgirlsofpurpose.org, and I'll respond. I respond to every email that I get, but I look forward to hearing more about you, about your journey, and we'll talk later on this week, actually, because as we have our interview with Courtney Sanders of the Courtney Sanders show if you listen to her podcast and then we also have our month in review at the end of the week so it's going to be back-to-back stuff from Black Girls of Purpose so stay tuned so you don't miss a thing. One last note before I close out, I want you to follow us on Instagram at Black Girls of Purpose if you're not already. And I say that because I am running a $7 sale on my book, The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose, but it's only while supplies last. And I don't want you to miss this sale. So if you want to get our book, The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose for just $7, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Black Girls of Purpose, and then you can click the link in our bio.
if you want access to our community and you want some additional benefits like getting listed in the Black Girls of Purpose directory that we'll be creating and opportunity to teach a master class on your base on your specific subject, then there's an opportunity for you to do that if you go to blackgirlsofpurpose.org forward slash partner and you fill out the form on the bottom of the screen. So thank you all so much for listening all the way till the end. I appreciate your patience with me. 